The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Welcome to the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. It is our number two here from the South Point Hotel and Casino, West Reynolds. With me here, Femi Abebefe, coming to you from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Now, we've talked a lot of NFL, but college football is rapidly approaching as well. Week number three, it's crazy how these things are just flying by. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, it's going to be November, and we're talking rivalry games here. But week three, still in the non-conference slate. There's a play that I've actually already made on this week three slate. Now, it's not the most sophisticated system play here, but uh, I, I've bet... West Virginia. I'm laying it with the Mountaineers. Minus two and a half. I found that one over at Circa up against number 15, Virginia Tech. And the system is pretty simple. In college sports, when you see an unranked team against a ranked team, and that unranked team is at home and they're favored, they're probably going to win the game. So I decided to lay that two and a half. I believe that is three at DraftKings. So shop around if you can get the best number on that one. But I'm back in the Mountaineers, Wes. No, I'd be with you on this one because, uh, look, Virginia Tech, they did upset North Carolina and then kind of, uh, you know, in against the uh, FCS opponent last week, kind of struggled a little bit, didn't really, never really uh, got close with Middle Tennessee, but never really could put them away here. So now you've got the Hokies. They take to the road. All of a sudden, do are they a little bit? bit overconfident because we have a down ACC right now, Femi, because when we talk about like this college football playoff and the odds, and obviously Clemson hasn't drifted all that much, still one of the shorter prices out there. I think they were like seven to one or eight to one when I checked uh, earlier this morning, but you know, there's not a lot of quality wins on that Clemson schedule. So that's what I was looking at. I was like, okay, who's going to be in this top four? Like they lost early. So it's better to lose early than lose late when it comes to that CFP committee. But You know, who's going to be there to kind of challenge them? I don't want to dismiss North Carolina, who Virginia Tech obviously beat in the opener in week one. But, yeah, I do like the Mountaineers here. I think that they're a a little bit more battle-tested. They did lose, of course, to Maryland Maryland, in week one. Blew out Long Island 66-0 last weekend. Big game for Neil Brown's bunch because he's trying to still, I think, get that signature win in Morgantown. And this certainly would be one. This is an old-school rivalry when these two teams used to be in the Big East uh, in the uh, 80s. 
80s and in the 90s and when they were independents and played each other. So I'm with you on the Mountaineers. The Big East. I totally forgot about the Big East in college yeah. football there. Yeah, yeah. remember when Syracuse they actually tried to be a football conference? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Those were the days there, uh, the old Big East out there into the 90s. But, Wes, I know you have a handful of plays in week three of college football starting on Friday night, Friday evening for those of us out here in the West Coast. But UCF taking on Louisville at DraftKings. UCF is a seven-point road favorite, a total of 68 and a half. Uh, what do you like here between the uh, the Golden Knights and the Cardinals? Yeah, the hooks have disappeared, but still seven pretty much widely available in the market. And I do like the Louisville Cardinals here. Obviously, the impression that we have on the Louisville Cardinals is not a good one because they got absolutely beat down on Labor Day against a very good Ole Miss team. But I think a little bit of a drop in opponent here, quality, even though UCF comes in 2-0 and we saw UCF beat Boise State. Gus Malzahn, now the new head coach down there in Orlando. Dylan Gabriel had big numbers through a couple picks, but I like Louisville here getting seven because one thing I think this is a huge game for Scott Satterfield against kind of a name opponent because we know Scott Satterfield had to go kind of on the apology tour with uh, <laughs> in, down there in Louisville because his name was kind of floated out there and maybe his agent or his management team or himself were floating their names for some SEC jobs. Somebody wanted that were out there. Yeah, so Scott Satterfield, uh, that didn't go well with uh, the Louisville Cardinal fan base, so he had to kind of go on that apology tour. So, you know, first real big game at home. I know they beat Eastern Kentucky 30-3 to on Saturday. I don't think they ended up covering that big number, but nevertheless, you got UCF coming in, and UCF is one of those teams I kind of don't know what they are. I know Dylan Gabriel can fling that foot football, but now he is in Gus Malzahn's offense, and I think Gus Malzahn kind of wants to put his imprint, even though his offensive coordinator is G.J. Kinney, but Gus Malzahn is the final veto power in terms of the play calling, and we know what Gus has always done over his career at Arkansas State and also at Auburn. Yeah, he'll throw the ball, but a lot of zone read, a lot of read option type of stuff, and I don't think that's really Dylan Gabriel's wheelhouse, so I think he's trying to still figure out how to marry those two factors. How do I let my guy that's a good pocket passer throw the ball down the field but how do I put my system in at the same time and I think that's why you can get a little bit maybe a shaky performance here out of UCF especially early in the season so I thought even seven was a little bit rich for UCF to be laying on the road what's interesting to me in college football is we see these markets fluctuate so widely mm -hmm. I mean I mean Stanford the next game we're about to talk about here taking on Vanderbilt Stanford an 11 point favorite this is the same Stanford team that a week ago was 17 and a half point underdog on the road at USC. Now they're laying 11 points on the road across the country in Nashville. And I know they made the change at quarterback. Tanner McKee is in. Jack West is out there. So, but what do you think of just this adjustment in favor of the Cardinals? Now the market feels like it's almost overreacting to what we saw in their performance against USC, which ultimately got Clay Helton fired. Yeah, I think it's too big of an adjustment here at 11. And I do like the Commodores. I know you got to hold your nose a little bit considering <laughs> – the same Vanderbilt team under rookie head coach Clark Lee, who was the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame previously, you know, this team was a seven-point underdog at Colorado State, who had just lost at home and actually got beat down at home against South Dakota State, an FCS opponent, and they were still getting seven at Colorado State, and, and look, I've never been a fan of that Adazio hire out there anyway, but Vanderbilt not only gets the cover, but gets the outright win. Yeah, I think this is a little bit of an overreaction because if you look at that schedule, and we we knew Stanford's schedule was going to be a bear even going before the season. They lose and don't look very good in Dallas against Kansas State. And then they beat down USC and kind of put the final nail in Clay Helton's coffin. So there you see it reflected in the market. Now they're like priced to the moon with just one win at USC. And all of a sudden they're laying double digits on the road against an SEC opponent, albeit a bottom school in the SEC. It's still the SEC. And I thought 11 here was a little, a little bit too high against Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt can take something from that win. They're going to play hard under Clark Lee because I watched a little bit of that game against Colorado State, and it's not an overwhelmingly talented Vanderbilt team, and they actually got outgained by Colorado State by about 100 yards, but this is a team that plays hard. This is a team that plays smart. They don't necessarily beat themselves, so just on the number, I thought 11 was a little bit high. Now you're seeing a 10.5, I think a rogue 10.5 out there at Circa, so there's somebody that likes the Vanderbilt Commodores here, and I'm one of them. And 
I think the important thing to always remember is that you don't want to always be stuck to your priors from the preseason. Right. Let's remember that this is a Stanford team that had a win total of four. Mm-hmm. They're a team that had a win total of four, and now they're laying 11 points on the road. It almost seems just kind of it's, it's kind of crazy just to and, see it there. And to your point, Femi, uh, the schedule doesn't get any easier because after this game against Vanderbilt, which seems like it's kind of the take a breather type <laughs> of game, right? This is going to be easy peasy now. We've got a little respite here before you get UCLA coming to Palo Alto next week, yeah. before you get Oregon coming to Palo Alto, and then you have a road game against Arizona State, and you get into the crux of that Pac-12 schedule before you close out with Notre Dame at the end of the season. So maybe Stanford, maybe some of those players kind of looking at this as a breather type game, and this yep. is not going to be a breather here. I like Vanderbilt getting double digits. From talking it out, I think you have uh, talked me into Vandy plus 11. I'm going to look around and see if I can I know it looks those. ugly, but sometimes it's, you got to go ugly yeah, early. It is the look-ahead spot. You know, yes. it's like you come off the big win against USC, who's an in-state rival. Now you have a cross-country trip to Nashville to take on Vandy before you come back and take on UCLA, who is kind of the the, the, the hot new thing in the Pac-12 with Chip Kelly getting that thing going out there in Pasadena. But another game, a Pac-12 team included in this one, Arizona State on the road in Provo taking on the BYU Cougars. Sun Devils laying three and a half. They're giving you the hook with mm-hmm. BYU after a big win over Utah to get off the schneid. They're ending the streak in the Holy War, getting that outright upset over Utah, which was a kind of a trendy Pac-12 South pick there. Yeah, It almost looks like they want you to bet BYU here. They're saying, hey, here's over a field goal. And I don't know if I'd be involved with that, mm-hmm. but what do you think of this one with the line three and a half, a total at 51 and a half? I laid the money line when it was two and a half, and now you're not seeing two and a half anymore, now up to three and a half and even four at some spots, including at BetMGM. I'd still maybe look at the money line here if I'm Arizona, if I'm on Arizona State, and that's the side I am on here. Look, BYU comes off. They finally won the Holy War against Utah. They had lost nine in a row, had not won in this decade, and Sataki got the Gatorade bath. They rushed the field there in Provo. Uh, Cosmo Cougar was doing all of his <laughs> different dances. Uh, follow those on social media or look up on the interwebs. Cosmo Cougar, a very good dancer for a college mascot, but nevertheless, BYU was excited. It was almost like it felt like it made their season to yeah. finally beat Utah. Of really, you know, handed I mean, how could it, it to not? them. <laughs> Absolutely. So now you've got an Arizona State team that has not been tested. They beat Southern Utah by a bundle. They beat UNLV by 27. That's not a Rebel team expected to be very good, considering their win total is one and a half. But you see that the Sun Devils are getting bet here, all the way up to three and a half, and even some four at the market, as I mentioned right here at BetMGM. And I think this Arizona State team, they were the team I actually picked out of the Pac-12 South because I thought, you know, this team's getting a little bit overlooked, and I think the market might have been lukewarm on them because they had those potential violations with the extra workouts and maybe some recruiting stuff. Nothing's been ruled upon with the NCAA. still waiting on that. Yeah, and we'll probably be waiting to like February or March before that gets handled by the NCAA, but I digress on that subject. (laughs) And I think ASU is kind of the team that got overlooked. I think everybody thought, oh, you USC, USC, and now UCLA is kind of the flavor of the month, being that they're off to a very good hot start. And uh, also, you look at uh, uh, the other, you know, Utah, even though they lost, that Utah's kind of that toughness team. Well, then there's Arizona State, who's kind of the overlooked team, and uh, I like them as a road favorite here in Provo. I think uh, BYU might be feeling themselves finally getting that Holy War win. Yeah, and if ASU was overlooking them, they're no longer overlooking them after yeah. they just b- took down Utah. That money line opened at minus 135, now minus 170s, even seeing some minus 180s out there. So, of course, shop around if you like that side with the Sun Devils. So, yeah, I think as long as we're not overreacting in college football, mm-hmm. and especially more so than the NFL, it gives you a chance to then maybe play against what we just saw the previous week there, especially with that And Stanford that's team. a lot of the way I bet college football, Femi. I always remember what Lou Holtz said something very profound and obvious when he used to be an analyst in TV. You never have the same team twice in a college football season. That's excellent wisdom right there, but don't go away. We're going to talk NFL buy or sell teams who won in week number one. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. 
Class is in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. It is the Lombardi line presented by... By Bet MGM, Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And we talked about kind of the markets and playing against what we last saw in college football. Now let's do it in the NFL mm-hmm. here because week one, it's overreaction week. And you don't want to underreact. You want to react a little bit. But right. overreaction, is it's hard to not overreact there. So let's play against some of these teams that maybe won in week one and see if there's a little bit of value that we can attack here in week number two. And I really wanted to start with the New Orleans Saints. I don't think a team had a more impressive performance in week one than the New Orleans Saints just absolutely throttling the Green Bay Packers 38-3. to Jameis Winston five touchdown passes but we're now hearing New Orleans it was a big win but they had a lot of injuries that came along with it there including their center Eric McCoy who is dealing with a calf injury he's expected to miss Sunday's game. Marcus Davenport dealing with a pectoral injury probably going to miss Sunday's game as well. Marshawn Lattimore just had surgery on a thumb had a chipped bone in his thumb there. He might miss the game there and also they have five coaches we just learned today had tested Mm -hmm. positive for COVID now they are vaccinated so we'll see how they kind of progress throughout the week here they might be able to coach we'll see but uh, it seems like there's a lot going on in New Orleans not in their favor after that big win against Green Bay maybe a spot to play a division dog in Carolina who's getting more than a field goal at home I have already played it actually I love to hear that in the market it's three and a half at BetMGM and a lot of other places there are some fours out there so shop around and look the Saints were a team I was higher on than a lot of the consensus. I thought people were dropping these guys too low. I was like, nine games? This team won the division. This team has won without Drew Brees, and that's why I took them last week against Green Bay. I was like, wait a minute. They were 8-1 and one over the last two years without Drew Brees. This is a big drop-off to drop them down to nine-season wins for a team that won 12 games. And keep in mind, even though the Bucks won the Super Bowl, the Saints did win this division last yeah. year, and, and I thought were the best team in the division in the macro sense beat the Bucks twice actually in the regular season of course lost to him in the playoffs but one of the things I like to play you talk about overreactions Femi and one tool I think that betters don't often use one of the uh, uh, bigger sports books here in Las Vegas that being the Westgate Superbook puts out look ahead lines and they usually put them out on Wednesday so what you'll see like tomorrow you'll see the week three look ahead lines be put out before obviously you play the week two games on Thursday night Sunday and then of course the Monday night game and what was initially put out on the New Orleans Saints was a pick 'em 
against the Carolina Panthers. And then that got adjusted up to like one and a half. But now going through the key number of three and now getting as high as four here. Look, the Saints, you know, they were okay. In that game against Green Bay, a lot of it, I think, was how bad Green Bay was. Yeah. Maybe more so than how good the Saints were. One of the things we saw, now he got with that long pass to Harris, he got over that 100-yard mark. But I think it was like Jameis Winston had like four touchdown passes, and he had like 90-some yards passing. So it wasn't (laughs) like he had made real big plays that, of course, big 55-yarder to Harris put him over the hump there. And look, I like Jameis. I think he's going to be fine at Saints quarterback. But this is really a little bit more about Carolina. I know when you look at the score, they didn't look that impressive and the Jets depending on your number might have gotten you like a backdoor push if you took it at five when the early money came on Carolina 19 to 14 over the Jets but look they out yarded the Jets 381 to 252 so the game was a lot more lopsided and it was indicated and look Christian McCaffrey 98 yards on the ground also 89 yards it looks like uh, CMC is back and in full effect for Carolina and if he is this is going to be a surprise prize team and look uh Sam Darnold I thought a very good debut 24 of 35 279 yards and a touchdown and that's not an easy debut to make he did have one lost fumble by the way that's not easy to play against your former team the first game out of the box and I thought he made a nice acquittal of himself so now when you're seeing even three and a half but especially if you can get four I like the Carolina Panthers here I think we got a big overreaction on the Saints here yeah it's the line is still four at DraftKings with a total of 44 so another low total game. Hard to lay anything more than a field goal in a yeah. game with a total that low. Caesars also has a four as well so definitely shop around. I got plus three and a half. I didn't see it at Caesars when I played it so I'm kicking myself a little bit there. Could have gotten a little bit better of a number but uh, it's definitely at four at Caesars and over at DraftKings but also just we just got word there uh, from the reporters that Evan Ingram did not practice today for the New York Giants. So starting to see that line at Circa has gone back to three and a half Mm -hmm. in favor of the Washington football team for Thursday night football's game out there in the NFC East clash. With no Ingram, I'm getting close to maybe looking at laying it here with this Washington team. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about these Sunday overreaction games, but I wanted to get that in because I'm seeing Caesars also now at three and a half as well, favoring the football team. Yeah, Danny Dimes needs all the help he can get, but he needs to help himself not turning the ball over. But that offensive line, we know, still not great. They added some weapons. Galladay, I thought Galladay, I thought made a couple nice catches Mm -hmm. for them, so they're better at receiver. And then of course you have Saquon back, but you can't be having guys injured, and especially. You know, you want to keep Ingram sometimes in the block for maximum pass protection, and that's, I think, a bigger loss than maybe meets the eye. Another game out there in down south in Florida. Now it's with the AFC South here. The Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the Denver Broncos. This is the one that you mentioned, look-ahead lines. This was about one, one and a half, and now we're seeing as high as Denver laying six on the road in Jacksonville. Now, it doesn't sound like the Denver Broncos stayed on the East Coast. I believe they flew back mm-hmm. to Denver when mm-hmm. then fly into Jacksonville Friday to try to get acclimated once again to the East Coast. But this is another, I mean, it's a stinky dog. Who wants to bet Jacksonville after what we saw them do in Houston uh, in that week one opener there? But I mean, gosh, six? I mean, the adjustment can't be that much from what this thing opened at around like one, one and a half there a week ago. It is a stinky dog, Femi, but sometimes you have to go where the stink is, as I often say. you got to get in the mud because sometimes when the pig rolls around in the mud, the pig likes it. And I'm going to like it here with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm going against the Broncos again. They obviously uh, smacked my hand in week one being on the Giants side there, but I'm going to do it again here. I think this is a little bit of an overreaction. This was, you know, you said one and a half, and I saw three initially, and now all the way up to six here. Back-to-back road games. I know Teddy Bridgewater has been absolutely money as a road starter. I think uh, on the road, I believe I saw a mark of 22 and three against the spread. Well, guess what? The guys behind the counter know that and the market also knows that. So now you're getting a Jacksonville team that got a lot of bad news before the game. We heard that report from Jason Lockenfor of CBS that there's a little bit of a schism on that coaching staff between Urban and his guys from college and then the NFL lifers that are kind of on that staff. So that's not a good thing going forward, but keep in mind, when you're betting these games, you're betting them week to week. You're not betting them in a macro sense. Like the Jacksonville Jaguars are probably going to be one of the worst teams in the league when all is said and done here through 18 weeks of the 2021 season. But 
this is a spot that I could only be on Jacksonville. And now you're starting to see at least a couple six and a halves in the market as well. I don't know if it gets to seven. If it does get to seven, they're clearly going to make you pay for it and, you yeah. know, make you lay dollar thirty, dollar thirty-five on the big if you want to get that key number. But I do I do like Jacksonville here in this spot. I think this is still a little big. I still and I had to pick the Broncos to go to the playoffs, but I think the hype train is out a little bit ahead of its yeah. skis here, so to speak. And it's, it's been building since the preseason. I mean, we saw that there were covering machines in the preseason yeah. there with the performance against Minnesota. It's reflected. Seattle. It's reflected in that market right now. It is baked yes. into the cake, as I like to say. Yeah, six seems like a little bit too much. So, unfortunately, probably going to have to bet Jacksonville here. But Jacksonville covered against Cleveland yeah. last year. So, it's all about the numbers, yeah. even though the team might not be as Sometimes good. we have to do the hard thing, Femi. Yep. And the hard thing, clearly, <laughs> is backing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, another one around your neck of the woods there, and it's a pretty good matchup. The Los Angeles Rams taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Now, there wasn't as big of an overreaction with mm-hmm. this one here. That line was sitting at three beforehand, but we saw the Rams on Sunday Night Football. Matthew Stafford, all the gadgets and gizmos were on full display against the Chicago Bears. They get that win 34-14, to and the Colts couldn't have looked any less inspiring in their loss to the Seattle Seahawks at home here. But it feels like a really good spot for this Indianapolis mm-hmm. team at home. Rams coming off a home Sunday night football game, now having to travel to the East Coast in that early window. Seeing more than a field goal now. Rams laying four at DraftKings, rather three and a half at DraftKings, but they're laying four in some other places. The total at 47 and a half. I kind of like the Colts in this spot. Colts are my lean here, not yet my bet. I do kind of lean tough. to the 47 and a half too, because one of the things that disappointed me about the Colts, I don't think Wentz was really bad in week one. I think the offensive line obviously needs some work, especially on that left side. And then Ryan Kelly at center wasn't very good either, but it was really that Colts defense, which was better in the second happened in the first half. Russ what Russ was cooking, he was baking, he yeah. was sautéing, he Soufflé. was blazing, <laughs> whatever you want to say, Russell Wilson was picking the Colts apart. And and I felt the Colts got a better pass rush in the second half, only gave up 7 points, but I would lean to the Colts here. Now, this was a team that I thought was going to start off the season rough as Carson Wentz kind of gets more reps, the offensive line of course needs to get healthy. They're still down TY Hilton in, in the passing game, which is a big loss losing that safety valve, but Colts would be the side I would prefer, but I'm going to wait till later in the week to make that conviction. Yeah, Colts definitely lean for me as well. Carson Wentz has lost me so much money over the last few years, so uh, I don't want to really rush to back him, but we will talk to Steven Ruiz on the other side of the ringer to talk all things NFL. It is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM, Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds. And Wes, I feel like when we're, as sports bettors, we like to always talk about the lines and the mm-hmm. totals and see where things are going. But I wanted to bring in a guy who is watching the All-22 and can really break things down from an X's and O's perspective. So our next guest here joining us now on the Lombardi line, Steven Ruiz, NFL writer at The Ringer. And Steven, appreciate you joining us here this morning here on the Lombardi line. And we were talking before break in our last segment about that. Rams-Colts game. Now, I know you wrote up about this Los Angeles Rams in your hype piece out there at the Ringer. What did you make of this Rams offense as the Rams are favored by four points on the road in Indianapolis this week with a total of 47.5? Do you think this offense is good enough this season to maybe make the Rams that Super Bowl contender and offset some of the regression we might see from their defense after the loss of Brandon Staley? Uh, yeah, I think I think they have to be. Like you said, there's going to be some regression on the defensive end, but I don't even know what to expect out of this offense. Like we haven't seen a McVay offense where he's been able to run every play in the playbook in any given situation. Cause he's had to hold Jared Goff's hand. He doesn't have to do that with Stafford. He can actually lean on Stafford to make plays when his initial read isn't there. So based on Sunday night, I'd have to say the ceiling is pretty high. And I think this is a Super Bowl caliber offense, but I really want to see like get like a month of this team on tape before I can say whether like they're what their floor is or what their ceiling is. 
Steven, let me flip to the other side of this game then. The Indianapolis Colts, who kind of were talking up the defense. They're like, we think this defense is really good here. We've got Darius Leonard back healthy and adding new pass rushers, adding new blood to this defense. And they were a little bit better in the second half against Seattle. But in the first half, they got absolutely carved up by Russell Wilson. Do you think an aberration here? Or do you think there's some problems down the line for this Colts defense? I think they're two different defenses. When they play average or mediocre offenses, I think they're really good. And I think that's why they had such good results last year. But when they come up against these elite quarterbacks like a Russell Wilson, I think that's when they really start to struggle, especially if they're not getting constant pressure on the quarterback because they do play a lot of conservative zone defenses. So they're going to get a test here, and maybe we'll figure out how high the ceiling is on this Rams offense when they play because Matthew Stafford, I wouldn't say he's elite, but in a McVay offense, I think he can give you elite production. We're talking with Steven Ruiz, the NFL writer at The Ringer. And NFL week one, we always talk about it. We don't want to overreact. We don't want to overreact. But it is a data point. Was there a team that you watched when you went and rewatched some of these games that made you go, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting that. I'm really intrigued about what they might do down the road. And was there conversely a team that would left you a little bit disappointed from what you thought preseason? I'd say I'll start with the team that concerned me. And I know they won, but the Steelers' offense, it looks the same as last year. And that was the talk during the offseason was they're going to fix their offensive line. They're going to get a running game, and that's going to open up the passing. And they're going to be able to throw downfield. They won't have to rely on quick passes. But the offense looked exactly the same as it did last year. And Ben's arm looks even worse than it did last year, which is a problem. There's just no explosive plays there. And defense, they lose Bud Dupree, so that pass rush is a little bit thinner. I know that they got Ingram, but Ingram has had problems staying healthy. So if that defense just falls off even a little bit, I don't know if this team makes the playoffs, even though they're coming off an impressive road win against one of the better teams in the AFC. I thought the Bills just had a bad game. And as for teams that caught my eye, I would say the Saints defensively, I, I've been a big fan of a coordinator Dennis Allen for a couple of years now, and I think he's underrated. No one really talks about him. But I was concerned because they lost a lot of depth on that defense and they hadn't, their quarterback room was depleted. But it wasn't an issue against the MVP on Sunday. They held them to three points, and it was doing the stuff they've been doing in the past when they've had deeper teams. So I think the Saints' defense is probably going to be better than we expected. And with the way Jameis was throwing it, I think that gives them another dimension on the offensive side where they can throw it deep. This team might be better than it was last year if it stays healthy. Oh. Now depth is still a concern. And Femi, to Steven's point, going back to what he was talking about with the Steelers, we see this morning the game being priced, of course, because the Raiders played last night, Mm -hmm. still right at the look-ahead line, five and a half. So I think the market kind of shares Steven's concern here and not sure what to do with this team because this would look to be the spot where it's like, okay, total dead spot for the Raiders off that emotional win on Monday night, first game at home at Allegiant Stadium in front of fans in the regular season. But market not necessarily running the back the Steelers right now so still at five and a half uh steven one game i'm curious to get your take on though is we had one team that obviously underperformed in a big way that being the tennessee titans and then one team that might have overperformed in a big way and that being the seattle seahawks five and a half right now seattle lane to tennessee we know tennessee new offensive coordinator arthur smith down in atlanta also a new defensive scheme for six new starters they got via trade or via free agency or draft do you think that that was just like a bad game for Tennessee? You're talking about a bad game for Buffalo. Do you think this was a bad game for Tennessee or kind of signs of some negativity to come for this team? I, I really think it's signs of negative, negativity to come. I was just watching the, the Cardinals-Titans game on all 22, and that defense, it wasn't just a talent issue, and that's been a concern in the past. It was a coaching issue. They had no answers for anything the Cardinals were doing, and I don't know if they're going to have answers for what the Seahawks are going to be doing. It is a new offense, but it's an offense based on misdirection, and if that's the case, based on what I saw against the Cardinals, I don't know if the Titans' defense is ready for that. And then offensively, the new offense coordinator, Todd Downing, I thought he called a horrible game, and it's not really a surprise. He was with the Raiders that one year, and fans ran him out of town. Yeah, they were pretty mediocre. Yeah. Yeah, and there just wasn't a lot of play action. We know that's what powered that offense last year. That's what powered Ryan Tannehill's little breakout, late career breakout. And they only called it on 7% of his dropbacks on Sunday. 
And I think that's a big concern. And the running game, that's one thing, that's one area where I don't think Arthur Smith's got enough credit. He gave a lot of credit for Tannehill, but he, his hiring really was a difference maker for Derrick Henry. Before Smith was hired, Henry was, he was an okay back. He was averaging like 60 yards a game, but after Smith took over, he's been averaging over 100 yards per game. That's when he's really broken out as the NFL's best running back. And we saw in the first game with Downing, he didn't have a lot of room to run. Yeah, we're looking at that line, Seattle and Tennessee. Seahawks a five-point favorite, a total of 54 there. So maybe a Seahawks team total over with what Steven was saying with that Tennessee Titans defense being uh, pretty lackluster, especially what we saw again in week one against the Arizona Cardinals. But, Steven, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on is because you do watch a lot of the X's and O's, the All-22 stuff. And I think as betters, we sometimes often forget that. You'll see a line like, for example, the Eagles and the Falcons. The Falcons were favored by three and a half. But when you looked at the mismatch in the trenches, it's like, there's no way this team should be laying more than a field goal there with what the Eagles could do on the defensive line and the Falcons could do on the offensive line. Is there a week two mismatch that you see from an X's and O's perspective, whether it be an individual matchup or even maybe a unit where an offense, a receivers versus a really bad secondary, anything that stands out to you when you look at this week two slate? I would, something that jumps out to me is the Chargers defense versus the Cowboys offense. And I know that Cowboys offense, or at least the passing game, looked really good last week. But I think Brandon Staley's defense, and he did a good job of basically replicating what he did with the Rams last year with a, t- uh, with a team that doesn't have as much talent. And that first game of last year when Staley was the defense coordinator of the Rams, that's when you really when you could really see that this defense was going to be special, and it was against the Cowboys. He took away basically the whole deep passing game for Dak, so I think this Cowboys team might have more trouble scoring than we might think, just based on what they did against the Bucks and the fact that the Chargers just don't have that much talent in the secondary. But I think this is a good matchup, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers pull out that win and win convincingly. And to Steven's point, Femi, we've seen a big move on this total, 52, all the way up to some places at 55 and a half, maybe getting a little buyback here on these two teams uh, in terms of the total standpoint. Steven, got about a minute left to go. You did mention earlier about the Buffalo Bills, uh, a bad game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, now down to 0-1 on the season, but getting a little bit of support against Miami. And credit Miami, they did execute against New England, but it felt like they were outplayed a little bit. Certainly the stats, if you go in between the numbers, indicate that to be the case. Do you think that this is a bounce-back spot for Buffalo against two and company? Yeah, I, I really do. And I, that defensive line for Miami got pushed around. I don't know if that's going to happen against Buffalo, but this Buffalo offense was a terrible matchup for them last year. And that defense was really good, but I just don't think they can match up, especially if they want to blitz Josh Allen because he can buy time, and you don't want to give those Bills receivers one-on-ones, especially with Diggs. So, and I liked what I saw out of the Buffalo defense and the Miami offense, the offensive line is just a mess. So if Buffalo can get pressure, that's been the big problem with Buffalo the last two years. They couldn't get pressure, but against a bad offensive line, I think they'll be able to do that. And then their players on the back end are just really good. at. So Miami's going to have a hard time moving the ball. All right. That's Steven Ruiz of the ringer. Steven, appreciate you joining us here on the Lombardi line. Uh, we'll have to chat again soon. Yep. Thanks for having me. Great info from Stephen Ruiz. Don't go away, though. We wrap up the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM on the other side. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. the stakes with BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because they're giving new customers a shot at an easy hundred bucks. Register using code VSIN100 and win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 money line wager on the Yankees or Orioles and either team hits a home run. BetMGM is always ready to help you turn big plays into major paydays. Enjoy innovative parlay selection builders, daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code VSIN100 to win $100 when you bet $1 on the Yankees or Orioles and either team hits a home run. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. New customer offer, paid in free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. It must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. It is the final segment of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. We just had Steve Ruiz of the ringer on on the last segment brought up some interesting points there particularly in the Dallas Los Angeles game in the afternoon slate here in week number two that total we've seen tick up as high as 55 you were even saying it's 55 and a half mm-hmm. in some spots but Steven said that he really likes this Chargers defense against the Dallas offense especially after what we saw last year in week one when the Cowboys took on the Rams and only scored about 17 points I believe it was yeah absolutely and and no surprise that it got bet to the over considering Dallas look Dak looked good Yep. And he's got weapons there with Cooper and Gallup, of course, went out of the game. Yeah, but, IR now. you know, uh, C.D. Lamb had a, had a big game, even though he had a couple big drops. Could have been a bigger game. But Dak looked good. Now, the running game, I don't know what to make of that because Tampa Bay, obviously, very stout against the run. We're certainly one of the best in the league. Very tough to run on uh, Vita Vea and company on that Tampa Bay defensive line. So, I don't want to say, okay, the Cowboys running game is going to be trash the entire season, but it certainly wasn't very good in week one. And we know that they've had some offensive line issues. Zach Martin, is he going to be back in terms of being out of COVID protocol? The offensive line, everybody made a lot of the DAC injury, and rightfully so, but the offensive line also was beat up last year. So that's why the Cowboys just didn't have that dynamic offense that they showed really in the first few weeks. But now that Dak is back, looks like they're going to have that dynamic offense, especially in the passing game. But you kind of saw Femi in that game against Tampa Bay on Thursday night. Dak, he's not really a running quarterback, but he will run yeah. if he has to. You saw him really try to do everything in his heart and everything <laughs> in his power, not rather, not to run and <laughs> took a couple sacks. I mean, he was very skittish in terms of he wasn't running with conviction like you see like yeah. a Lamar Jackson, of course, last night for Baltimore. So that's what you saw out of Dallas. So now maybe could be some buyback at a couple 55s and a halves at some faraway places, still 55 at BetMGM and pretty much much most of the marketplace, but could be something there. And I think a lot of it too, is the chargers getting bet to the over, because like I said earlier, they put up a lot of yards on a very good Washington defense, despite the fact that they only put up 20 points on that defense, but 424 yards, 5.4 a play. That's not bad against a very good Washington football team uh, defense. So that's why you're seeing this get bet to the over. Now, 
if I was looking to bet the over, I probably wouldn't bet the over here because it like feels like I'm late to the party when it moves three and a half points. It's almost like by default, if you get a total or especially a side moving that much, by default, you almost want to go against it and you're probably going to cash more tickets than you're going to lose. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting one for Dallas. I know Lyle Collins, he has a suspension, so he'll be out on the offensive line. Yep. Ter- Terrence Steele is going to be the starting right tackle. He had his struggles last year, so you can imagine, I'm sure Brandon Staley probably going to line up Joey Bosa across from him to try to get Dak Prescott who a had a rally. sack on Sunday so exactly. a, a nice return for him so look Staley's a defensive coach this charger talent I think across the roster is better especially the position they upgraded most was the offensive, offensive line. line yeah and you can tell Justin Herbert a little bit more comfortable back there even though he did turn it over so over getting a lot of support here but looks like two-way very early on in terms of the spread pretty much three everywhere three juiced a little bit to the Cowboys side at some uh, very sharp far away places we'll call them so uh <laughs> probably going to get two-way action i think on this game yeah, all week it, I, the under to me looks like an intriguing look just based off what steven said but i get so scared of this dallas defense i could see the chargers getting 38 points yeah. or so just because of justin herbert unlike tom brady who's more of a, a statue mm-hmm. he's not going to move around too much so they were able to get a little pressure on him herbert's athletic and he has a strong arm He's got some weapons, too, so it's a, it could be a tough day for that Dallas Usually defense. when a total moves this dramatically, too, one way I'll look to play it is maybe not just fade the full game, but maybe go in the first half on the other side, go contrarian mm-hmm. on the under, waiting for a 27, perhaps, to pop on the first half. Because keep in mind, you got a full menu out here. You don't, If you don't have a conviction full game, there are first half, there are second half bets. It's open 24 and a half. Got to 26 and a half. I think when you see 27 and you see it juiced to the under at like minus 115, then I think you're going to see a buyback on a first half under. Another game I want to get to in that afternoon slate out there in the desert, Minnesota Vikings taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals laying four and a half at DraftKings with a total of 51. Now, I need you to talk me out of this because I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to lay it with this Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. team. If I can find a four, there's fours at some spots, I believe at Circa and even here at the South Point. I just see this as I've been higher on this Arizona team entering this season. I think that this should be closer to a touchdown, especially from what we saw from that Cardinals front going up against a Minnesota offensive line that struggled with Cincinnati's defensive front there out there in the desert. The Minnesota defense isn't too impressive either. They're still having some of their struggles from a year ago. Kyler Murray is once again healthy. I think the Cardinals can win this one kind of going away in what is a tough travel spot for the Vikings. Please talk me out of laying four points with Cliff Kingsbury on my side. Well, you always got to go with your gut, Femi. So I never try to talk anybody off of anything. But the the Cardinals were like my best bet of the week in in NFL week one, and they absolutely obliterated Tennessee. I think that was a lot of what Kyler did. Obviously, Kyler is very improved. But to Steven's point, that defense for Tennessee, you have basically a new coordinator. It wasn't a well-called game on defense. You essentially have new six new starters learning a new scheme. So I thought it was going to be rough for Tennessee. And that's why I thought only laying three points to Arizona here. Boy, that that seems fishy to me. And it certainly was because Arizona got the best of them. But now I'm considering going the other way. You're starting to see some fours in the market, but mainly four and a half are out there. And I I lean a little bit, and I more than likely am going to be on the Minnesota Vikings here because you get that old role reversal, Femi, when you're a small road underdog you get a win not only a win but an impressive win at that at Tennessee and now you got to go back home as a home favorite the expectations change on a dime just week to week and no sport does that more in the betting marketplace than the NFL because look no sport is covered more by the mainstream media than the NFL and you get all this reaction you have all uh, not only our network but other enterprises and other networks that cover this pretty much 24-7 365 and then you get that over Overreaction. It's like, oh my God, the Vikings lost to the Bengals. And, and to be fair, the Vikings have a lot to clean up. It was really what stood out to me in watching that game on Sunday on the green zone. 12 penalties for 116 yards for the Minnesota Vikings, and a lot of them were on that offensive line. A lot yeah. of false starts, a lot of holding penalties, especially in the first half. That's well, well what, here comes Chandler Jones. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, the guy that had five sacks, and everybody is saying, crown him the defensive player of the year right, right the hell now. And look, rightfully so, because he was all motivated because he was upset about his money. He's like, I don't know if I want to be here. They're not showing me the love. Yeah. They're not coming off that cheddar. You know what I'm saying? So Somebody's going to give it out if he's 
doing that on yeah. a weekly basis. He, he's kind of like his brother, John Jones, in terms of wanting more cheddar. And, and I think both of them probably <laughs> deserve it. John Jones wants to be paid like a main eventer and a top guy in the sport. They haven't always done that over at UFC. But I digress. Back to this topic. You know, Minnesota, I thought, was pretty solid. Besides the penalties that they had and just the sloppiness, Kirk Cousins was pretty good. Now, they don't want Kirk Cousins throwing the ball 50 times a game no. either. But they did out yard Cincinnati 403 to 366. I know Mike Zimmer's a defensive guy. He's obviously very disappointed in how his defense has performed. The running game's got to be a little bit better, too. Only 22 carries for 67 yards. You expect Minnesota to be a lot better when you've got Cook and Alexander Madison in the backfield. But I'm going to be on Minnesota here four and a half. I just think maybe a little too much too soon based off one game for Arizona. Be, but, yeah. but, but Kyler Murray is absolutely developing, and that's one thing that we saw like in the MVP odds. Yes. This was a guy... I, I forget if he was like in the 20s or in the 30s, but he got cut dramatically, I think, at BetMGM. I believe he was like 9-1 to one when Dave Ross and I went off the air on Sunday for the green zone. I was like, that's, insane. that's a little bit that's dramatic little here. You know, maybe an 18-1. to one, It's like now you've got him priced better than Tom Brady <laughs> that's at 10-1 to one or better than perhaps like a Matthew Stafford or some of these other more proven quarterbacks. Yeah, I thought that was an overreaction. I said Kyler in the high teens or about 20-1. to one, Maybe be worth the shot, but not at nine to and one. I, admittedly, I'd be buying a little high on the Cardinals here. I took a money line last week against Tennessee. That obviously went really well. And that this spot, we see the adjustment. But I just mm-hmm. think with the schedule that's coming up for them, week three, they're against the Jacksonville Jaguars. This might be my last chance to lay it with the Cardinals. Yeah. So if they impress against Minnesota, they're going to be laying more than a touchdown in Jacksonville, probably for sure. But based on what the Jag spread is against Denver. So I, I think the market might be a little slow to catch up to what Kyler Murray and that Cardinals team is doing there. We'll see. I mean, I'm going to wait. Though, if the Zimmer Zimmer money comes and you're behind it, I might get a better number. And week one has done nothing to not tell us that this isn't the best division in football, the NFC West. It definitely is. It has lived up to the part, but that does it here for us on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Stay with us. Odds on with the mall shot, Mike Palm, next here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.